0: The 42 Rugby Weekly is brought to you by Dundeele Motors. Home to all of Ireland's trusted car dealerships. Visit dundeele.ie today to start the search for your next car. I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could offer me 5 million a year, I wouldn't go. Rugby <laughs> Weekly. The first pass. Oh! Oh!
1: Hello and welcome to Friday's Rugby Weekly, ahead of a big weekend of URC action. Kieran Kennedy here and I am joined by the 42's Murray Kinsella. How's the form, Murray? All good, how's things? Yeah, good, good. Busy, interesting week. Um, I've kind of been around the place a bit. I was over in London on Wednesday for the launch of the new Champions Cup and Challenge Cup season, so that was a busy day. There was players from all the all the clubs involved over there, so you're kind of trying to catch guys from different leagues and different different teams and get kind of a sense of how they're feeling about a new European Cup season with a new format and everything and we were just talking before coming on air a little bit strangely timed when you've got such a big weekend of interpros it kind of they were nearly over overshadowed the
0: chats um it's kind of hard to look ahead to Europe when when you've got Leinster Munster this weekend it's brilliant to have that right now isn't it i mean it's amazing to have this big massive game interpro and i know the team sheets maybe change some people's optimism for Munster in particular but it's great having this ahead of a Champions Cup when you're kind of almost often waiting for the Champions Cup to roll around for things to really kick on it's class to have this located here with a what is going to be a massive crowd nearly sold out I know there's a few more tickets going but it'll be a great occasion on a big Saturday night and everyone's chance to shake off the last of that that World Cup view in in the rear view mirror and and just kind of move on and and for this rivalry to rekindle itself again like with Leinster coming in with a real edge to them you just know they want to absolutely sew it into Munster after what they what they did last season and that's a great place for it to be because it had become a little bit humdrum and a little bit dull to be honest for this big rivalry and it's really back now. Yeah absolutely it had become a little bit humdrum and I mean it's been said enough times this weekend
1: or this week sorry but when one team keeps winning it's not that much of a rivalry so Munster's win last year was just huge for this game and like we were wondering how long it would take for the interest to kind of drive up again after the World Cup but God with this game now at the weekend and the Champions Cup on the horizon it really feels like things are picking up and there's so much excitement about this game with over 48,000 tickets sold already and Unusually for Leinster, they're looking to end a losing run at Aviva Stadium. They've been beaten on their last two visits there, that being the the URC semi-final against Munster, obviously, and then the Champions Cup final against La Rochelle. So you've got Munster coming to town as URC champions, and even though it's early in the season, it already feels like a proper big game for both teams. And, And as you touched on, we've just had the two teams confirmed in the last hour or so at the time of recording. So we'll just run through the headlines there quickly. For Munster, probably as expected, no Peter O'Mahony or Jack O'Donoghue. The good news is that John Klein comes straight back in on his return from the World Cup. But it's a bit of a weird looking Munster team really, or or at least a more unfamiliar one. So Simon Zebo starts at full back for the first time since 2018, and in the back road is a first start at six for, for Tom O'Hearn. Leinster then, pretty stacked as we expected. Robbie Henshaw, Jack Cohen, and Boat make their first Appearances of the season. There's a first start for Tyg Furlong. There's 15 internationals in the starting team, and yeah, the Leinster camp have been talking about
0: revenge this week. And as soon as you see this team sheet, there they're going all in, really. They sure are, and worryingly for Munster, they're missing some key guys. You mentioned O'Mahony, O'Donny who often is a, a big leader in his absence. Alex Nankivell is not there. Heard during the week that he had a bit of a, a niggle, and and he's not in the team now. Orgy Snyman of course is not there and and there's a couple others who might have been in the the 23 and, and made it a stronger Munster 23 so that is a bit of a disappointment that they don't have those players available and it makes their task all the more difficult when you pick that Leinster team especially the starting side which is you know just absolutely top class no holding back really at all and it's going to be exciting to see what they can put together with that motivational edge to it as well and a point to prove and even amidst all the experience that's in that team I think it's really exciting to see Joe McCarty get another big opportunity in the second row a guy who really kind of took off in the lead up to the World Cup and started to fulfill all that potential that Ireland knew he had and we saw some big performances in kind of fleeting cameos from him and he started this season well as well back in, in Leinster still bits to polish off of course but we haven't had an, a physical prospect like that in in, in the tight five in, in Ireland for, for quite some time it, it really is a top end level of potential in terms of what he can do with his dynamism he manhandles other large professional rugby players on on the rugby pitch on a regular basis so I'm excited to see him go and, and then there's a bit of I suppose inexperience on that Leinster bench but excited, excitement with that as well Jack Boyle who started the season really well at loose head and again you always want to see tight five players props in particular coming through the hooker depth chart looks really good now but I think Ireland over the next five years would love to see challengers really emerge for the, the loose head and, and tight head spots Ben Murphy even getting another chance as a, the scrum half replacement James Culhane who we've seen in the back row and has lots of potential too so you would imagine that Leinster's Full, almost full strength first team will, will will carry them to victory and and in that sense, I think if Munster win this, like if Munster win this game, it's arguably as big a moment as maybe even two thousand and nine. Without wanted to overstate it, it's not at that stage of a season, but it is a Munster team, shorn sure of some of their key guys, against a, an all-out Leinster team, which it wasn't last year in that semi-final. It, it just wasn't. They obviously. Rested a, a huge number of, of key players and and narrowly lost out in a game where they were they were still ahead with a few minutes left down in the Munster twenty two as they will agonisingly remember. But I, I think for Munster to pull this off it would be genuinely massive and and then it would be back to back wins over Leinster and it would be really swinging that that rivalry on its head. But I think now the widespread, expect, widespread expectation really and certainly. Um, in most quarters, I think they're 13, 14, 15-point favourites now, Leinster. And I'd say a lot of people actually think it might even be be a bigger one. But it'd be, it'll be a really good test of, of this Munster team because they haven't been at their fluid best yet so far this season. The scrum has had some concerning signs in the last few weeks in, in particular. And yet, at the same time, you've seen some of the traits that were there when they went on that remarkable run at the, the end of last season.
1: Yeah, so what about those positional switches for Munster then like we, we know Simon Zebo can play fullback but it has been a long time since he's started there for Munster and then I suppose the
0: surprising one that jumped out really was just seeing Tom O'Hearn at, at six Well zebo at fullback especially because Shane Daly's had a kind of run in that jersey you think just keep him there and, and make one change to your back three I'm not sure if they want to get him on the ball and, and use his passing ability a little bit more as a first receiver which sometimes from fullback can be a little bit easier so it remains to be seen exactly how that I suppose plays out on the, the pitch and maybe they'll have kind of shifts in play or, or on set piece or, or whatever it might be the Hearn one as well definitely caught me by surprise he's been going well in the second row but it's not exactly a massive departure from one of the trends in rugby at the moment which is that second row blindside flanker hybrid even in Connacht actually are doing it this weekend with Russian Dowling dropping from the second row into the number six jersey uh, Harry Sheridan actually with Ulster as well is is doing the same and we've seen it at the top level of rugby as well. It's a really effective tactic when you've got a desire to have that extra bit of line-out strength but you've also got a, a second-row player who is dynamic and agile and mobile and fast enough to to play in the back row as well and we know that Ahern is all of those things. He can, he can sweep pass, he can offload, he can sidestep, he can burn pass backs with that really long stride and powerful stride of his and that's one of the things when he is playing in the second round he has a lot of the heavy duty duties which he does well and and which is really important and will be still at blindside but sometimes he doesn't really get that chance in a slightly wider channel to to carry the ball and that's where you want to get a guy like that with his athleticism on the ball and and that'll be exciting and and yeah it's it's not the weakest Munster team by any means. You know you've your Casey and, and and Crowley combination at nine and ten, which is really growing. Frisch and Scanlon obviously know each other really well, and as do the the tie five forwards. and And to have Jean Klein back is really important. And I'd say he'll bring such a infectious buzz to it, and another just level of belief and the fact that he was has been such an important player for them. And then Coombs and Hodden in the back row, along with her and the the pair of them have started the season well. I thought Coombs last day out just relentless again with his work rate every single aspect of the game he seemed to be involved in it and he's one who has a point to prove on this kind of stage as well against guys who are in the Ireland squad and who've been picked ahead of him for, for Ireland places so that's a, a massive opportunity for him and, and loads of other guys in that kind of same bracket
1: Yeah at the Champions Cup launch on Wednesday we were chatting to Gary Ringrose and he was kind of explaining how this new co-captaincy role with James Ryan is kind of playing out and how they're figuring out some of the small things like who goes up for the coin toss and who talks to the referee during the matches and it seems like something they're still kind of working out at the moment so it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds tomorrow but Munster will be captained by Dermot Barron and we had some interesting news from Munster this week with Peter O'Mahony announcing that he's stepping down as Munster captain and while he's not going anywhere just yet, the end of O'Mahony's time as captain certainly feels significant just because he's been leading this team for so long we haven't had a chance to chat about it at all yet so I'm just interested to hear
0: your thoughts on it well it was a bolt out of the blue for for sure and it's still unclear exactly what it means and what's going to happen next and maybe it is just an isolated thing and he's had enough of doing the Munster captaincy duties and he feels like this is the perfect opportunity to hand over the the captain's armband metaphorically but it kind of feels like strange timing in that regard and he captained last week and came back from the World Cup and, and maybe it was all tied up in that decision or maybe it's to do with the Ireland captaincy and him being a, a candidate certainly for that and it would make sense in a lot of ways if he took on that job and helped Ireland kind of bounce back from the major disappointment that they suffered and, and try and get back to their winning ways after that quarterfinal exit and with Johnny Sexton retired. And then at the other side, we don't know what what O'Mahony's future beyond the end of the season is actually. He's out of RFU contract at the end of this year in summer 2024 and obviously the RFU have to weigh that up. If If he's going to be captain you presume he gets another extension if that's what he wants. If he doesn't want to just retire at the end of the season which is something that he said he would consider after the World Cup. He said he wasn't sure if he'd be back that some of his close friends Keith Earls and Johnny Sexton had retired. Now that was immediately after the game. He had just come out of the changing room. He's dealing with the the major disappointment as we spoke about at the, the time but yeah we don't know what his, what his future is and obviously if he was to come off an IRFU contract he'd go on to a Munster one they'd have to weigh up the, the cost of that so this is contracting season as well so there's all sorts of stuff probably happening and that will come to light in in the next couple of weeks I'd imagine or certainly before the Six Nations but in the, in the meantime for Munster they've got to pick a new captain and it's going to be a big call because I don't think it is immediately obvious, or you know, no one's in. There's not a hundred percent agreement across the board about who it should be, and often that would be the case, or more so the case that there would be a clear skipper. And and Barron does it again. He did it recently for the first time. There's a few others in that squad who've who've captained the team, and Ty Byrne is one of them. And I actually thought he might captain this game, but he's not. And and I actually don't know which way Renteria is going to go with it. Burn would take some boxes although he's not been a captain all that much he's experienced and a really influential player then there's the kind of younger crop the Casey's and the Crowley's and the Barons obviously he's in that bracket who probably represent what this monster squad is becoming and is going to be and they're going to be the core of the squad for a long long time to come not to say that Burn won't he, he's 31 so it's going to be a massive call from Roundtree and honestly I find it hard to predict with any certainty at all my feeling is probably Ty Byrne but I don't say that with great confidence what do you think? Yeah I'd be the same Byrne would
1: be the one that would jump out to me and I was I was just thinking about it after the O'Mahony news came out and I think with Byrne what you get is you get so many of those big moments in big games which is what O'Mahony does so often and lifts the team around him Um, and he just kind of has captaincy traits I think in that aspect but I guess what we don't see are what these guys are really like behind the scenes and like we were talking to Craig Casey again on Wednesday and he's he's a guy who some people have mentioned as being a potential Munster captain and while he's still quite young he's just like lives and breathes Munster and you know he's, he's been so involved with that club from such a young age and he's even got family members in, in the staff now and he's got such close ties going so long back with some guys like Jack Crowley coming up and when you kind of sit and chat to him, you can kind of see how he would be an appealing candidate as captain. But yeah, there's there's no one really jumping out like, except from Byrne, I think I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against giving it to Jean Klein considering the experience he has and what he's done at the World Cup. But obviously, we kind of don't know how his monster future has gone to unfold over the next few years. And and who knows if there's if there's a big win in Dublin tomorrow. That's another big um big uh, mark on Dima Baron's CV. Who's been. Doing the job pretty
0: well anytime anytime he's got it. But uh, it's gonna be really fascinating to see how it plays out over the next while. The chat around John Klein increasingly is that he will be staying in Munster. That's kind of the growing expectation, and that it might be Snyman who who heads away, who will have loads of interest from loads of places, and Klein is just, as you're saying there, is such a central presence for Munster and has been for years now, such a fan favourite as well, and so bought into being a Limerick man, you know, he says that's home as well now for, for him. It would be a, definitely a big jump for him. He's not a, not been a captain. And while he's a great speaker and definitely a good influence with his dogged work rate, I'm not sure if that would be a, a natural fit for him. But there's different ways of, of doing the, the captaincy. The other one we should mention, of course, is Jack O'Donoghue, who's done it loads for, for Munster, right back from when he was age 24. He's captained every single team he's been part of. He's been captaining them recently. He's a really vocal presence in the squad. He's really level-headed at the right time with a nice nasty edge at at other times as well. And, you know, he probably for long-term would have been seen as the next skipper. The only issue is that in the first-choice team, he's often not been part of that in in recent years. And with that back row talent coming through now, that might not be the the case either, especially because Omani is, of course, sticking around for at least this season. So that applies to him and and maybe with Casey as well he still has to nail down that nine shirt Conor Murray is is there he's on the bench this weekend and he's out of his IRFU contract at the end of next year again let's see what happens there but Casey can't have to nail down that role he is in the leadership group in Munster as far as I'm aware so he's doing that kind of stuff and right from the first time that Johnny Sexton spoke about him and his notebook and comparing him to Johnny Wilkinson you you knew that he was a driver of standards and a, a guy who had those kind of characteristics so there's actually quite a few people who could do it you know Gavin Coombs is an inspiration was work great but probably more of a laid-back presence behind the scenes he's supposed to be the biggest messer in the squad and that's how he kind of links and connects with people there's there's a few people in that kind of bracket but yeah it's not completely obvious Byrne Casey or O'Donoghue probably make the most sense
1: the 42 Rugby Weekly is sponsored by Dundeel Motors, whether it's luxury cars, seven-seaters for a growing family or making the switch to electric, find everything you need at ie. Okay, so Connacht are the first Irish side in action tomorrow. They're heading to the loftus Versfeld in pretty good shape, fourth in the table, two points off the top with four wins from five, including that one-point victory over the Sharks last weekend. Connacht have now actually won three of their last four games against South African opponents, so they'll be confident going into this but the Bulls team are a very different challenge to what they would have faced last weekend a Bulls team that actually has Willie LaRue in to make his club debut um, some team news for Connacht is that Finley Beelam is fit to play after a little bit of concern around him earlier in the week Jack Carthy comes back uh, 10th captain the side but I think the big news really is that there's a debut for
0: Sean Jansen at number 8 We're really looking forward to seeing what he can bring they expect him to be a ball carrying focal point which which they've needed, and I, they had Abram Papaliti there for a while, and and others do step up and put their hand up. But it'd be nice to have a, you know, a twenty ball carrier guaranteed for for per game kind of figure in, in in at the back of your pack, and hopefully he can be that. He has shown real promise with Leicester, and they were really pleased to to pick him up. I think so great to get his career rolling, and I think Connex will really feel they actually need to improve. They have had a great start, as you say, with the results have been excellent, but they. They did play badly last weekend while also showing amazing grit, composure, character, the kind of stuff that really heartens anyone associated with Connick because you can see that that's the foundation they're building off. They really want it. They're really willing to stick in there when it looks like things are getting away from them and that's that's kind of non-negotiable as your your foundation. So that's brilliant. But you think of that performance where they were off, off par, the Edinburgh game where they gave up scores quite easily, I thought, while also working really really well for their own scores so yeah I think improved performance is probably the biggest goal here if they lose it's not a not a disaster given they've already won once on this tour you'd expect the Bulls to be much better than the Sharks as well you mentioned Philly LaRue coming back just that whole team is much more it's just less frail as the, the Sharks are it's it's less frantic. I thought the sharks were naive, lacking composure. You don't think the the bulls will, will give them that, and they've got their own sprinkling of, of stardust. Kane and Moody back on the bench as well. I can't wait to see him kick on now. Potentially as a a kind of global superstar of the game, he's got that much level, and and they're that excited about him. So a really, um, just a very demanding task for for Connick this weekend. But they've kind of shown that they can surprise us many times before and including last weekend when it looked like it was getting away from them
1: yeah and Connacht wouldn't look at this as being I guess bonus territory but like you say that win last weekend does take some of the pressure off because if you come back from South Africa with one win from the two games you're in pretty decent nick and I think one of the big things for Connick this weekend will just kind of be to come through unscathed because they've definitely got eyes on a massive game against Leinster at the Sports Ground next weekend where the good news is Paul Boyle is expected to be back in action but Mac Hansen seems to be trucking along nicely as well so if they can get a few more of those guys back into the mix and they come back from South Africa in decent health they've um, they've got a big
0: game again next weekend where they'll feel they can take another scalp. And two more Interpros to follow that. It is a really difficult run to go South Africa for double two matches in a row and then play three Interpros in a row. So a real test of their squad and, and their ability to make tweaks here and there selection wise and, and still get results it's already a crucial period for their season but they made a great start to to win against the Sharks last time
1: yeah and, and winning games that they maybe wouldn't have won last year which is an encouraging sign of the way this team is is developing under Pete Wilkins finally then there's a there's a tricky one for Ulster as so they head to Scotstown on Saturday night it's second against third but it's a ground where Ulster haven't had much joy over the years they last won there in 2021 and before that you have to go all the way back to 2016 actually there's a lot of youth in this Ulster team Reuben Crothers continues at open side academy player James McNabney comes in to make his Ulster debut at number 8 there's a 100th cap for Billy Burns and there's a first start of the season for Luke Marshall at inside centre but the one we all wanted to see is that Stephen Kitsoff
0: is on the bench and set to make his Ulster debut Handy replacement to call on especially because Marty Moore come on at a similar time Then you've got the youth of Zach Solomon, one of the academy hookers, in between that pair. So that'll be an interesting blend. I think the young back row is definitely a a point of excitement with Crothers and McNabney and Harry Sheridan, as I mentioned, in the sixth shirt. And this game, with with, with experience in the rest of the team, will probably tell us more where Ulster really are at this stage of the season. Because they've obviously been getting those results, um, but they haven't really had... Close to a complete performance. I think the Munster second half, when they when they beat Munster and had that big comeback, really showed what they can be about. But we've seen other halves of games where they've been below the level that they want to get to. Great to have Will Addison back again because he returned at the start of the season, had another injury issue and he just thought this guy is not going to get a break. So hopefully he does get that now and can start to polish up a game that looked really rusty, I think, at the start of the season, understandably after a long stretch out. So... Good to see that element of 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 getting him back. And to have more back at the time when Tom O'Toole returns in the starting side is also really key because only what two weeks ago there were big concerns over Tidehead in, in Ulster. When O'Toole came back for that Bulls game in round two, just before he went for the groin procedure, he was really steely, I thought he just he looked like a more mature player and he's only in his mid 20s but he's come back from the world cup and he's had a good year with ireland he played five times in the six nations grand slam campaign and ireland were waiting for him to kick on he kind of did that this year in 2023 and now the challenge is just to get past more and be starting every single big game for ulster because that's going to help him be a better prop for ireland as well as just a better prop for ulster so i'm intrigued to see where him and stewart in you know at at hooker can can go we know what Rob Herring can do, of course, but Stuart, it feels like he'll be of the same mindset. This is now my time to to drive on and, and, and be the first choice by, by a, quite a clear measure. So to have that personal motivation is, is key for those players. But collectively, I think Ulster need to kind of show us that they can be a more complete team and, and not leave themselves with that kind of hole that they dig out against Munster.
1: Mm. Great stuff. I think that's us for today. Thanks as always, Murray. Cheers Kieran. Right, we'll have the usual rugby weekly extra pod on Monday to dissect and discuss all the weekend's action, but until then, enjoy your weekend and we'll catch you soon.
0: You're about the boys in
1: better land. the boys in better land.